Size small. Weird. Youth large size small. Yes. Yes. Uh. I, I hope I But they really had a good think about that one. They did. They, uh, they, they, wrote cert- it down. they certainly did. Hey, Simon's here. Simon's here for the very last time. For the very last time. Uh, that's and it. As, hey, 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 hey. Uh, calm down your applause. I can hear it from here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's. It's that it's that low rumble that you hear every mm. time that I'm on. It's not uh, you know, it's not my stomach. It's applause from outside. That's right. The masses applauding their rightful leader in cultural um, appropriation. Oh <laughs> Jesus! Think of word. And that's why it's the last time. <laughs> <laughs> he was just joking before. Now yeah, it's yeah, just gotten yeah. serious. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is. It is. And he didn't review the film he promised to review. I know. I know. I was. Do you know what I got? I got caught up watching Boardwalk Empire season three, and uh, and I finished all of that. Um, but so I had I had about ten hours to watch that, but uh, I couldn't make the eighty minutes to watch Twelve Feet Deep. But I I will review it this week. I'll I'll put it on my blog and I will post. And it And you, you messaged me. I assume you were watching it at the time that you messaged. You said, "Hey, what's the thing?" Yeah, I, I did. <laughs> But you know, I've it, stabbed you in the back, and now yeah, I'm leaving. So uh, yeah. it, I, it's probably the worst thing I've ever done. It's like any other relationship I've ever been in, oh. Simon. Well, it makes me feel special now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they all were. I didn't realise it meant that much to you. That's uh, that's a shame. All right. Anyway, um, moving yeah. on. Yeah. Well, what are you going to what are you going to review well, today? Well, let's, let's first review Murder on the Orient Express, a uh, new film, a new adaptation of the 1935 novel by Agatha Christie. Mm-hmm. Um, where previously. Most famously, I suppose, um, brought to us in 1974, directed by Sidney Lumet and starring Albert Finney as Poirot, Richard Widmark, Ingrid Bergman, Jacqueline Bissett, Sean Connery, Jean-Pierre Cassel, uh, John Gilgood, Vanessa Redgrave, Michael York. So uh, a bevy of stars in this story of uh, uh, Hercule Poirot trapped on a train. Uh, well, it's, OK, so let's... Plot-wise, 1934, in which it's set, Hercule Poirot is probably the best detective in the world, and whilst hoping for a holiday, a bit of R&R, he is given a last-minute ticket on the luxurious Orient Express, travelling from Istanbul to Calais. Uh, trapped on the train for days with a dozen or so strangers, Poirot hopes to find peace and quiet, but sadly, a murder is committed at the same time the train is, de- is derailed, and he has no choice but to solve it. Who could it be? And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's um, uh, Kenneth Branagh directing this time, and also starring as uh, Hercule Poirot. Th- th- thoughts on people d- like directing, like, and then uh, putting themselves in the main main role? Um, that's a good point, actually. Yes, um, I can take or leave really I think um, Branner actually is kind of case in point there really is is that uh, he's uh, you know he, he's one of those yeah he's one of those people who definitely in the past has been accused of you know directing and uh, writing projects in which he appears to be great and, and heroic <laughs> and all that sort of stuff but actually um, there are times in which I think he like for example the most uh, you know his, his uh, adaptation of Hamlet from 1996 which is um, I have actually seen I've managed to sit through the whole thing um and I think that's a very interesting role in which uh, it would appear on the face of it to be Branner, you know, self-aggrandizing because the point of Hamlet is that, you know, he's he's broken, he's a mess, he's a narcissist, he's, you know, he's all these things. So um, it, it depends really on what the role is. I th- actually, I think uh, Branner 
doesn't really think too much about himself, I'd, surprisingly, or at least anymore. I think he's very good in this role. In fact, mm. in this instance, I would say it's probably it's it must have been a hell of a call because you would think, oh, well, if you're directing yourself, that's one less person to worry about. But actually, as Poirot in this instance, you need to know the film as a director. You need to know the film inside out. But if you're playing Poirot, the best detective in the world, you have to be thinking in that mindset. It must be a hell of a stretch for him. Even you know, it may seem like if you're to think about it for two seconds you go oh, blimey I couldn't do that um, and so yeah the, I mean this this film has come out and it would be safe to say that the reviews are middling to negative it's um, <laughs> not really a film of our times is it? Uh, well here's a, that, that's, a, that's a strange sentence it's, uh, what well, do you it mean? just seems like it's what, someone, someone made a film about the olden times and it has no relevance today what, what's the point in that yeah I know what, what I mean, it just seems like it's an old, you know... Old-fashioned. Okay, well, that's interesting. We're going to get on to that. Okay. Well, yeah, so the, the reviews have been middling to negative, and I went and saw it with that, having known that that was the case. And I've got to be honest, I'm not with the critics on this one. I really, really enjoyed it. But you're old-fashioned. No, well, no, here's the thing. See what I've said? I think I mean, I've, sorry, up to date I think I've said... <laughs> <laughs> this is hang about, hang about. You're accusing me earlier. I said cultural appropriation. You go, oh no, and then all of a sudden, and that's fine, is it? That's fine, is it? Oh well, that's nice, isn't it? Right, this is. I'm going earlier than expected. Um, uh, no, it's it's. Um, it, there are there are films in which you know they they go for the. Uh, they try to go old-fashioned and it just looks old it looks stale it looks boring and this film so many times in which it looks like it could well have done that but it doesn't it's it's really entertaining and i should say this i knew the ending but not because i guessed it but because someone had told me years ago murder on the orient express is kind of like planet of the apes in that way is that it seems to be one of those ones in which it's fair play to tell you the twist ending mm. so i so people just casually go, oh yeah, murder on your Express, blah blah blah. Not going to say it if you haven't heard it. But so I knew the ending, and yet still I was absolutely riveted. I thought it was really, really entertaining. It's really well shot. It is a starry thing. Uh, I think Kenneth Branagh. Weirdly, Hollywood seems to have picked the, absolutely the right projects for Kenneth Branagh recently. Thor was absolutely the right thing for him to have done. Cinderella was absolutely the right thing for him to have done. And murder on the Orient Express because it is essentially it's it's. It's a, it's a book that actually is a film adaptation, works perfectly as a play. Obviously, you know, Kenneth Branagh being the great, uh, the, 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 the next Olivier and all that sort of stuff, comes from the theatre and all that sort of stuff, but it also works perfectly as a cinematic piece because it's all about mystery. It's all about the ambiguity of faces. So what you've got is this big starry cast with big close-ups of stars. Mm -hmm. And then, but of course, the unknowability of all these people who are lying and cheating and whatnot. It's thoroughly entertaining. Johnny Depp is really good. And after the, after the, awfulness of Pirates 5 I needed that performance <laughs> I needed to go oh you are still good you can still go do good stuff what about, what about it's been a while it's been a, yeah 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 about to, and also it reminds you that actually he can do tough guys really well public enemies Donnie Brasco mm -hmm. all those yeah. ones yeah he is yeah. good at that also you've got uh, so you've got Kenneth Branagh in the main role Johnny Depp Derek Jacobi Daisy Ridley Michelle Pfeiffer Judy Dench Olivia Coleman Josh Gad Penelope Cruz Willem Dafoe um, this uh, Leslie Odom Jr who plays um, uh, the Colonel Abathnuts who's who's very good I hadn't seen him before he's really good and the ballet dancer Sergei Palunin who's uh, we re uh, we reviewed the documentary about him uh, about a year ago um, and 
all of them absolutely excellent. Obviously, Kenneth Branagh is a is, is an actor as well as a director, so he knows how to get those performances. Um, it's beautifully shot on uh, 65 millimeter, which oh, um, is the wow. big film format. That obviously there was a big thing with Tarantino doing the Hateful Eight, and there's been recent ones. Uh, Dunkirk, of course. Mm-hmm. So there's very very which few films. Well. Yeah, and actually, interestingly. Kenneth Branagh's own film Hamlet was the last film to be shot on 65mm film until Paul Thomas Anderson made The Master in uh, 2012. So for about, yeah, about the best part of 20 years, it was the last film that had done that. So nice to see him shooting on that again. It looks fantastic. Um, it's beautifully adapted by um, Michael Green, who I didn't know the name, but then uh, here's the list of the films he's written in the past. Alien Covenant, Green Lantern, Logan... And Blade Runner 2049. Oh, all, to be safe to say, I have not been a fan of his previous work, but no. I thought this was really, really good. Do you know it's what got my that. middle name is? Sorry, Green? No, my last name is Green. Yeah, my David? Michael. Michael? Why did I say David? I don't, I don't know. Sorry. Um, Please, Michael. You Green. put me off. I'm just. Yeah, good. That's sort <laughs> of. Put me off with a. a <laughs> you've got 10 minutes where it's about me, and all of a sudden you're. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's got that old. It, as I say, it's, it could. It's one of those films that looks like it could be old-fashioned in a really stale, boring way, and it isn't. It's really good fun. Right. It's a good whodunit. And um, it's got, a, you know... Um, and it's a lot more interesting than people are giving it credit for. I suspect, possibly, it's because I went to it having never read the novel, having never read the film, knew the ending, but I didn't know anything else. So the whole thing unfolded in a much different, much more different way for me. So maybe a lot of the critics are like, well, I've seen this story before, it's not bringing anything new. For me... I was new to it, and it does set up for sequels. And I have to say, if there's going to be sequels, I'm on board. I'd like to see what uh, I'd like to see more of this. So, um, thoroughly recommended. Sequels? Really? Did they have sequels? Yeah, there? there's loads of Poirot. Um, oh, I guess there is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think. Well, I think it sets up for Death on the Nile. It's the first screenplay he did by himself. Ah, well, okay, there we go. So maybe he's had the shackles taken off. Mm, mm. Um, anyway, so let's let's move on because the film I really want to talk about, which I've been banging on about all week uh, on on the Facebook, is Blade of the Immortal, which is uh, the new f- the one hundredth film by Mika Takashi, the director of films like Audition, Itchy the Killer, uh, Thirteen Assassins, mm. um, a fantastic, uh, really oddball little spaghetti western from two thousand seven called Sukiyaki Western Django, which was bizarre as hell but really well worth uh, seeking out if you can find it this is an adaptation of a manga series by uh, Hiroki Samura uh, apologies again for uh, pronunciation uh, it tells the story of Manji who is a samurai made immortal by a mysterious nun after slaughtering a bandit army who killed his sister Machi the nun injects his body with magical bloodworms that will stitch any wound back together in no time Flash forward X number of years, he is hired by a young girl called Rin to track down the Itoryu, a gang who killed her father and um, assaulted her mother, in so many words. Uh, she seeks vengeance and wants to be trained like a samurai so that she can kill their leader, Anotsu Kagehisa. Uh, has to kill him herself. Unbeknownst to them, Anotsu also wants to s- expand his influence throughout the country and take over from all the other gangs, but he is facing greater resistance than he realises. I saw this at the film festival first time round, and I had seen about three films already that day. I was fairly knackered, and I was thinking, my God, two hours, 20 minutes. I love Takashi Miike. This is going to be hard work, though, and it absolutely wasn't. It, from minute one, it was an absolute blast it was brilliant it has a fantastic it's it's wall-to-wall insane action violence in the way that only the japanese can do and you just sit there and you just go ah i'm happy now brilliant fantastic exploding heads slice and dice brilliant there was a moment in it towards the end in which i was with my mates hamish and alex and we (laughs) we, all three of us in unison there was a bit of violence we went ooh 
Ooh, and that's what you want from this sort of film. You just go, oh, fantastic. This is a sort of communal. That's why you got to see it in the cinema as well, because it's that sort of communal thing where, as the best action films or the best horror films or the best comedies can do, you're all in this group together. You know, all of us having fun together and go, I don't Ooh, be in that group. ah, sorry. I said nothing. See, I don't want to be in that group. Oh, you, you, you are just the pits of the earth. You really are. <laughs> Um, it's really, really well made. I mean, um, Takashi Miko is a kind of an extraordinary director in that he, uh, he kind of, he makes about three, four, five films a year. As we say, the 100th film directed That's by him. Apparently he just, yeah, he, and he's only in his late 50s. And he just, you know, he shoots for a couple of weeks, moves on to the next project. That's it. He's bang. He's done. And obviously, obviously, there's going to be ups and downs. And he does, you know, he's kind of, we only see a fraction of what he makes here in the West. I think the last film he did was, um, or one of the last films anyway, was Yakuza Apocalypse, which mm. um, we didn't get to see down here, which was a shame. Um, but I, I still have uh, yet to see. But, you know, he's kind of best known for his more extreme work. But actually, apparently, he's even done, like, kids' films and stuff. The Molson. Um This is, this one is... Uh, kind of in the mold. If you've seen Thirteen Assassins, this is kind of in the mold of that one. It's slightly more classical, but it's still like up, you know, good old. Br it's got. A, it's a very sixties film in that it has a really refreshingly callous disregard for the value of human life. Um, you know, every it's just people get slaughtered left, right, and centre. But it has a really interesting undercurrent of melancholy because, of course, the one person who can't die is Manji, and he kind of wants to now. He's being, you know, he's being cut up left, right, and centre, and he's like, oh, I just can't be doing this anymore. And there's a really Really, really nice relationship between him and the young girl Rin. Um, in fact, that's one thing that really stands out is uh, is the script, which is uh, adapted by. Uh, let me find this name. Uh, it is adapted by. I can't find it. I haven't highlighted it anywhere. It's a really good script, though. <laughs> it's got really the, the relationship between Manji and Rin is really well done, and it's got a lot of good one-liners and stuff like that. So if you if you want you know if you want to go to it for that. It's beautifully shot by uh, Nobuyasu Kita, uh, who also shot uh, 2010's 13 Assassins, and he's, um, he's uh, a regular collaborator with Takashi Miike. Uh, gives you real grit, and, and also it has a real sort of a nice comic book sensibility to it as well, particularly in the black and white sequence. It feels like pencil brush stroke kind of mm -hmm. stuff. Um, and it's just... It's a fantastic genre film, and I urge everyone to go and see it. It's one of the best films I've seen this year, easily. Easily one of the best things. It's just so exciting, it's so much fun. And again, for a relatively long film, it doesn't feel like that. It just rolls along, and you're just having a good old time watching it. And I, I urge you all to go and see it. If you've never seen a, you know, if you've never seen a Japanese film before, then go check this one out for your first go because it's it's just an absolute barnstormer, and thoroughly recommended and definitely film of the week. I mean, I love Murder on the Orient Express, but this just has that absolute edge over it. Made no money. Uh, well, that's probably the American box office, though, isn't no, it? No, Japanese box office. <laughs> is it? Yeah, yeah. It made oh, $6.7 million domestically. Oh, that's because not much the, at all. Because they, they reckon the... Uh, because the lead actor, yeah. uh, he was part of a famous musical group and they broke up and everyone had a bit of backlash <laughs> at him. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it's like Zane. Yeah. It's like <laughs> Well, that would be like if Dunkirk took, uh, you know, took only uh, like a couple of mil just because yeah. Harry Styles isn't in one direction Esse Essentially, anymore. that's what's happened uh, here. Okay, so that's, that's sad. That's pretty lame. Um, um, all right, so... Well, uh, hey, well, um, well I'm, I'm far be it for me to disagree with the Japanese, but they're wrong because it's a really great film, and that's a really weak reason for not going to see a film. Uh, um, if, if you had to name your top film of the year... Top film of the year is probably... The best film I've seen is probably Spookers. 
mm-hmm. actually. Wow. I really loved Spookers. I thought that had everything I wanted from it. And and and, and I'm not just being partisan because, oh, it's a Kiwi film, so I'm just choosing it. I really, I think Kiwi, as I've said many times this year, I think Kiwi film has really, really just upped its game this year for some weird uh, bit of photosynthesis, you know, moving towards the light. And f- Spookers, I thought, was absolutely wonderful. I mean, a tough thing because there are so many others. I could say, I am not your Negro and Happy End and uh, uh, Loveless and uh, plenty of films, but I think Spookers is the one that wow. really I really loved. And it's already hit its run, too, isn't it? So I wonder. Uh, yeah, it's on DVD. It's on DVD. Yeah. Go buy it from you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and what about your worst film? The Emoji Movie. <laughs> no questions asked. That is one of that the worst so films I have ever seen. There was no prep for that either. No. You just... Uh, just <laughs> no. <laughs> there, um, I've seen some bad films this year, but I tell you that what, is, the kids loved it. Did they? Yeah. Did they now? Yeah. But so many sentences just popped into my head <laughs> yeah. that I can't say out loud. <laughs> that's, right, um, that's right. Baby back on the aisle. You I, actually had a, I actually had a, an argument with an eight-year-old because he said... He was going, how can it not be amazing? I went, I, I wanted to sit him down and just say, look, excuse me, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to just explain to you why you were yeah. wrong. I mean, it was terrible, but look, it's, it's <sighs> terrible for, for adults, but kids, kids just love that stuff. I do, but they need, but they, but you know what, kids have to still go to school, they're stupid, you know, <laughs> they need to be educated and taught what's really good, alright? Even, I, because I said to this kid, look, the Lego Ninjago movie, because I don't think the Lego Ninjago movie is any great shakes, but it, it's... It was good. Still, it was, it was miles better than the Emoji movie. The Emoji movie is awful. And frankly, I have to say, I, I, I said it at the time, I think it's an immoral movie. I think it's wrong. I don't think it's... I, I, because it's it's shoving corporate guff down children's throats. And as I said, the script reads like a bloody instruction manual. Mm. It's absolutely wrong, and it should not be seen by children. I mean, people say, oh, this horror movie is so immoral or whatever. And you go, no, it isn't. Actually, it's, you pick it apart, it's very progressive. You look at the Emoji movie, oh, look at us, we're being so progressive and... and, and being good for children and families and you go no it's absolutely you know it's it's saying give more money to you know big corporations and, yeah. and all Ca- that sort of calm down stuff. you're gonna have yourself a heart attack you end up at the ronald mcdonald house i almost had a heart attack when i was watching the film for god's sake <laughs> <laughs> all right so um oh great i'm always so leave on a negative note <laughs> oh no i've got more questions oh yeah because it's your last turn around the dice okay what, what about best performance best performance of the year oh this is Ooh. the oscars uh, do you know what? I can't remember off the. I can't remember the actress's name off the top of my head, but the lead actress in a date for Mad Mary. Yeah, I, I remember you going on about really that. Really wonderful. Yeah. Really, really wonderful. Um, I mean, one that's sticking in my mind from last year that she was a supporting performance was um, that um, that supermodel Abby Lee in the Neon Demon. I really that performance really stuck in my head. She was really extraordinary in that. But this year, definitely, I think. Um, yeah, the, the lead actress from A Date for Mad Mary, or, um, uh, oh, God, probably, I don't know, probably, probably someone like, well, actually, I, um, the, I, I, I'd like to fly the flag just for that, that little girl who's in the, she's in those are terrible movies, and again, I can't remember her name, but she was in Annabelle Creation, and Ouija 2, and, oh, we got in, this wasn't at the cinema, but Cop and a Half 2, this poor little girl, is a really good little actress, and she's in these terrible movies, and she's always the best thing in it. Annabelle Creation yeah, is oh, very bad. Oh. Um, what about the surprise of the year? Surprise of the year. What what did you go into thinking was going to be absolutely terrible, and actually it surprised you? Probably... Was that one from last week? 
Was it last week or the week before? Oh, which one? The death, something, death, something. Oh, happy death day. Yeah. Um, no, because I didn't go into that with the absolute pits. Um, I, there was a couple early on in the year. Hidden Figures, the trailer looked atrocious. Oh, it was great it was film. absolutely atrocious, and it was really good. It was really good sort of Hollywood. Modern. Probably Pork Pie, actually, because that trailer was awful. Absolutely awful, and I, I do not want to watch that. And turns out, it's a fantastic film. Really, really good movie. Yeah. It's really that, good fun. Uh, was kinda... I thought it was better than the original, and I would stick my neck out with that one. I, I think the original hasn't dated that well. You're going to be raced out of town soon, mate. Yes. <laughs> You're on your way to McCain. Come on, I think we've already we've already established that my opinions are not popular. So. <laughs> <laughs> Damn straight. All right. Um. Well, brilliant. Well, I'm sad to see you go. I'm sad to go, but unfortunately, the comedy world uh, has has is sitting down on me, and uh, I need I have work that needs to be done. Yeah. I have lives to save lives to save elsewhere. Oh yeah. I mean, you just look at the South Island comedy scene, and you can see how you must be so busy. Yeah. So. You, you sh- <laughs> shut your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> it's just nonsense. Actually, do you know what? Funnily enough, this the, this last couple of weeks I haven't had any gigs, and that's the first time in ages I haven't had any gigs to worry about. It's been nice. It's been peaceful. <laughs> I mean, I love doing the gigs and whatnot, but uh, uh, do you know? Just, I'll tell you, someone said this to me um, the last gig I did at the Inch Bar, and the, this is uh, they meant well, but they said she said uh, she got to afterwards. She said I really liked I really liked your set. It was really funny. It was like there was a real comedian on stage. <laughs> And on that note, <laughs> <laughs> fare thee well, mate. It's been fun. I've enjoyed it, and I'm really—I have enjoyed it as well. Yes. I'm really gutted you're going. To uh, be oh, we all are. Just alright. Just give us some money when I leave. That'll yeah. be right. Yeah, fifty pence for a cup of tea. I don't have fifty p, mate. <laughs> well, fair enough. We're in this country, aren't we? That's right. That's yeah. right. I've got plenty of dollars. No peace. Uh, all right. Here's clip with lifted. You're on the one. Bye. Oh.